The Mental Health Diaries podcast would like to issue a trigger warning for this week's episode, as we will be discussing topics that may be difficult for some of our warrior audience. Audience discretion is advised. Thank you. Welcome to Talk With Us Tuesdays, brought to you by the Mental Health Diaries podcast. We thank you for joining us another week, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. What up, warriors? It's your host, Stacey Girl here, and welcome back to another Talk With Us Tuesday. I have here my best friend, partner in crime, partner in mental health and anxiety attacks, Lady DMZ. <laughs> Thank you so much, Desi Girl, for that wonderful introduction. What up, what up, warriors? Welcome back. <laughs> Today we've got an interesting episode. We're going to be talking about substance use. Um, If you remember, we had, I would say, about a month worth of just talking about different aspects of substance abuse, but today we're going to talk about all of that in one episode and much, much more. So let's get started. So I want to start the episode off with kind of defining some terms that are misused in society so there's substance use substance abuse and addiction or substance dependency so substance use is like someone that maybe drinks a beer once a week or something so it's just kind of a healthy habit then substance abuse is when someone continues to use the substance despite the fact that it's causing problems whether it be in their personal their work um health but they just continue using it. Now, dependency or addiction is when you need the substance in order to function. So a lot of alcoholics need alcohol to do their daily job, and that's called functional alcoholics. I know that term's been thrown around. Um, And we're gonna talk about Demi Lovato and her documentary, and these terms are really important because the way that her and her counselor throw it around in the show kind of misled a lot of people that are non-mental health warriors or have never dealt with addiction themselves. So I'm going to kind of clarify that with you guys today. So I'm going to let Lady DMC kind of um, summarize the Demi Lovato documentary. Thank you so much, Desi Girl. Well, for those warriors that have actually not seen it, it's actually on YouTube. It's titled Dancing with the Devil. Basically what she does is she goes back to a very, very difficult time Um, I don't know if you guys have all heard, but in 2018, I believe it was, she had actually relapsed before, then she relapsed again with her substance abuse and was actually found overdosed um, by, I believe it was her manager, if I'm not mistaken, found in her room, basically unconscious, very, very close to death. had to be taken to a hospital, her, had to have um, dialysis basically on her on her blood to clean her out and she still has repercussions today from, from the overdose. Um, she has blind spots in her vision, but basically what she does is she goes back to that time on how it was that she continued her substance abuse. She explains a little bit why it was that she that she started with her substance abuse, not only to this 2018 incident, but way before, you know, in her in her teen years as well. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's a wonderful, wonderful, very impactful, um, very raw, very real documentary that I think we should all be familiar with. It helps us understand so much on how anybody regardless of status regardless of career you know can be so affected by 
by this, and she also talks about the reason why Desi Girl and I want to discuss this documentary is because she links it to, you know, her eating disorders, her anxiety, her depression. So it's all about mental health as well. So um, I, I think it's it's a wonderful way for us to kind of get a very real glimpse on how it is that all of this can just grab you and just pull you in so hard and take you to the brink of of almost death unfortunately yeah it's it's an amazing documentary actually lady dmc is the one that told me about it i didn't even know she had a documentary out but i mean she does a fantastic job of not just explaining her addiction and substance use but she also does a great job of showing mental illness and how that plays such a drastic role in an individual's life um you know she talks about her dad struggling with addiction and you know, I, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they found the dad like days after he had possibly OD'd and passed. Well, that is correct. And that's one of the things that has affected her the most now that she's older is the fact that um, even though she wasn't really close to him and everything because of his addiction, um, she, I mean, it was still her dad and she still would have liked to know like all the details, like what it was that happened before they found him and everything. So yes, that truly affected her. Yeah, and I mean, that shows that predisposition, right, to addiction, that yes. if there's addiction in the family, other family members may be predisposed to it. Another aspect is, um, I don't know if you remember, but I want to say it was like right before her OD in 2018, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and announced it to the world. And then in this documentary, she ends the documentary saying, actually, I was misdiagnosed and that I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder, an eating disorder, and I believe something else, I don't remember what, but I think that's so interesting how she announced it initially and then kind of explained that her, used that as an explanation for her addiction, which, you know, and side note, someone with bipolar disorder typically does engage substance use because of the very highs and very lows that are with that disorder. Um, it's a mood disorder, so your mood could be really, really high, and then days later you could be, you know, extremely depressed to the point where you're contemplating taking your life. And, you know, Demi Lovato talks about that. And I, as a clinician, when I, you know, hear her story, I was like, mm, it does sound like bipolar disorder. That recklessness, the impulsiveness, the, you know, need to engage in behaviors in order to feed this urge that she had. It sounded like bipolar disorder, but then again, she was also when did she start using drugs she started like when she was on disney channel i believe like right after the sexual assault is that correct i believe so yes so she started at a very very young age yes teenage years yeah and i mean teenagers are developing flourishing individuals and you add substances to that that can hinder the growth the you know the normal growth for the brain and the fact that she was using substances at like I think it was like 16 or 17 and then for her to go through the trauma that she had gone through through the assault and then just her addiction escalating over time to the point where she ODs and almost dies it, it shows the gradual decompensation that she had of her mental illness which you know, I'm still unclear on what she has because now she's saying she has major depressive disorder, which she may very do so, 
but I also think that the bipolar disorder may be correct because with bipolar you can have depression and it sounds like she's having those manic episodes more than or not the manic the depressive episodes than the other the manic episodes well I was about to say I mean correct me if I'm wrong I'm not a social worker I'm not a clinician but I do think that it is possible just like it's like myself that I have anxiety and depression I'm pretty sure it's also possible to be bipolar and have that that depression along with it so I mean she could potentially have both yeah that's possible I mean diagnoses are um, subjective based on different clinicians someone may see seeing one thing another person may see another but um, going back to the substance use so one thing that I saw, and I don't know if you saw this on Facebook or not, but I saw a lot of people get angry about the fact that Demi Lovato's treatment team and herself said, oh, I still use. Like, I need to use to survive. And I thought that was very interesting. That she was like, I'm sober, but I still use weed and I drink alcohol. She's California sober. <laughs> and... I just thought it was so funny because, you know, I was talking to some friends who work in the substance abuse field and who work in the mental health field, and they all were like, oh, well, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, she's not clean. And what we forget is there's, there to become clean, you have to be motivated to get clean, right? You can't be mo clean because my I'm going to lose contact with my sister or I'm going to, I need to get clean or I'm going to lose contact with so-and-so or I'm going to lose my career. It has to be you wanting to do it. It can't be someone else forcing you or threatening to do it, right? Maybe I'm a little unclear on what your point of view is on this, and I don't want to stray away too far from the Demi Lovato documentary, but I want to go ahead and build on that California sober idea. Um, I forget if I've mentioned this on other episodes, perhaps on past recordings, but um, I do follow a lot of a lot of YouTubers. And I follow, for example, Jessica Kent, I follow um, Christina Randall. They are all, they're both ladies who have recovered from some type of substance abuse, from life on the streets, like with drugs and, and whatnot. And they also have that mental health aspect built into their stories. And sh uh, I actually learned about the Demi Lovato documentary through Jessica Kent's channel. Um, because she was actually reacting to both the documentary and to her Dancing with the Devil music video. And she actually got to that topic about Demi Lovato being California sober and how she as well, how Jessica herself as well, has had to rely on being California sober as well for those um, warriors that are potentially listening to us right now that don't understand that terminology or what it means. It basically means that part of your treatment is smoking cannabis. And um, Jessica Kent has also struggled mainly with depression. I think she has some anxiety mixed in there as well. But um, she was saying how she has also had to rely on the cannabis treatment to also help her propel through her recovery, to help her with her insomnia, to help her with those types of things. I mean, my personal point of view, I'm not attacking anybody. And I just think that for me, it's not the road that I would want to take because I'm not in the substance abuse world. However, I just think that we all recover from our situations differently and it's like 
It's like Jessica and Demi have both said, both on their channel and on the documentary. If I was completely, completely 100% sober, that would not work for me. You know, I, I just wouldn't be able to function. I wouldn't be able to be okay. I don't know. I, I think going cold turkey for some people is the way to go. For other people, whether it be medication, whether it be uh, cognitive behavioral, th behavioral therapy, we we all have our own way of, of pulling through. And if it's California sober, well, it's California sober, as long as you're here, <laughs> you know? So I'm going to speak from the professional stance. What Demi is describing and what the, the YouTuber you follow is describing, that is called harm reduction. You can't stay clean for whatever reason. So what we're going to do is manage your use. We're going to make sure that you're not overdosing. We're going to make sure that you're being safe. We're making sure that, you know, eventually we're going to explore sobriety. However, right now, that's not a possible option. And there's nothing wrong with that. So... You know, I spoke to some of these professionals who were like, oh my goodness gracious, that's not sobriety. And I remind them, again, there are some people, like you described, that can go cold turkey and say, okay, that's it, I'm done, I'm done. There are some people who can't do that. And also, don't forget about the biological aspect of it. If you are a heroin addict who uses a gram a day, and then you're like, okay, well today I'm just gonna quit. Yeah, you'll feel fine and dandy today. But eventually that withdrawal symptom is going to come into play. And then now what? You have to go to the hospital or the hospital. And, you know, that's a whole nother issue that we have. But you go to the hospital and the hospital has to put you on methadone so that you can um, tolerate those withdrawal symptoms. So no one's saying quit cold turkey. I think she needs to do her program and we need as fans, as spectators, as whatever you want to call us, we need to respect her decision of needing to use cannabis, needing to drink. Because at some point she's going to hit a roadblock and realize, hey, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't be in this cycle anymore. I want to get clean. I'm ready to get clean. And I think that's what I, 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 I didn't see. Whether it be on comments on Instagram, Facebook, professionals giving their take on it, I just think we are forgetting that there's a step between using and sobriety, and it's harm reduction. Well, thank you so much for teaching me this terminology. As you can see, I'm learning along with our audience. Um, you know, all I can say, again, I don't want to deviate from Demi's story, but I think Jessica Kemp's is, is, is so similar. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I see so I see so many parallels with depression and anxiety from child age, kind of like Demi. She, I believe that Jessica also um, had some type of eating disorder. So you can see the parallels that I find between these two ladies, you know? I know that Jessica, she was even a a drug dealer way back in the day so mm -hmm. she she's been sober for i'm talking about i think she was going on cold turkey sober she was going about eight nine years and mm -hmm. then the all these biological symptoms even though they weren't withdrawal symptoms anymore because she had been free from that for so long as you said just the predisposition just the biological aspects of her person just 
the insomnia came back, the anxiety came back. Who knows what she's going through in her life as well. She's actually taken a hiatus and everything from YouTube due to her her mental health. She really needs to focus on it. She is the message that she left us her followers with. You can see that even though, even if you do those programs, even if you do the harm reduction as you were explaining to us, how it is possible for this to come back. And that's why I'm saying for some people, Again, personally, not my path. Personally, not what I would pick, but for some people, it's the way to go. No, and I mean, you know, working with patients that struggle with substance abuse, I always tell them in the beginning, look, we will have this fantastic game plan. And I will tell you right now, you are going to fall off the quote-unquote wagon where you already know you're going to relapse. So know that. It, the first time around, it's not going to go perfect. You're not going to be sober and then, you know, th that's that. No, you're going to relapse. And... I tell patients that because typically the first time that they relapse, they're like, okay, I'm done. Obviously sobriety is not for me. And it's like, no, 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 Look, we don't know every single possible trigger. We don't know every single thing that's gonna cause you to go and drink or smoke weed or whatever. And it's a trial and error process. And that's something that I feel like patients struggle with because I, do, I just need to get clean now because my wife told me I have six months and that's obviously not enough time. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell patients that and I tell, you know, even from a personal standpoint, I'm like, you got to give yourself time. Like, this is something that you've been using or doing for so long. It's not something that can just change overnight. Some things can change overnight. Other things can't. Like you said, and I know we're going to talk about in a, lot, a later podcast about your personal experience going cold turkey and how you were able to go through that. You were because you had that support to do it. Yes. But, you know, there are some people and I feel like with Demi, I feel like she doesn't have that support where she where the person can say, OK, we can do this. We can get through this and get through that sobriety. I think she has so many demons that she needs to address before she can really address her sobriety well i mean just kind of look at her story look at her background i mean as you were mentioning before very wisely you were saying the crazy mixed up teenage years your body is already going undergoing all these changes hormonal changes life changes school changes potentially even family changes you know and then add on to that the pressures of being in the limelight being this, you know, famous superstar that's supposed to be the role model for anybody and everybody. So you're already going through that chaos. Put the frosting and the cherry on top with it, which is her bulimia, which was her um, anxiety, her depression. You just have a perfect, perfect recipe up th right there for substance abuse you just have the perfect mix right there for someone to be under so much pressure they would look to this release they would look to this type of lifestyle oh yeah and i mean um do you remember when it was like i think it was dj Khaled, is that how you say it on stage he was like oh yeah happy birthday to you happy birthday she, she admitted that she was using it at the time i just felt like people and she did a really good job of describing this People like made her the poster child to sobriety, the poster child to mental illness, and that's a lot of pressure to be under at the age that she was at at the time. She's still trying to figure out her life, who she is, what she is, what does she want this life? Does she want to be a singer? Does she want to be a movie star? Does she even want to be the poster child of mental illness? And I just felt like, you know, the Hollywood community 
and the fans just put so much pressure on her and i think she just crumbled we set her up for failure i feel like no most definitely i think that we we set these celebrities these famous people up on a pedestal we kind of put them as gods and goddesses like oh my god like this is the perfect person like you just see them and they just should have like a freaking halo and wings because you know they're all that you know we so forget that these are men and women like you and i they are they have families they have siblings they have their career is their job singing is their job that's the day at the office for them that doesn't make them infallible that doesn't make them you know wonder woman it doesn't make them superman they're just people who happen to be more in the face of others because they're on camera and we don't comprehend that and i think that with the multiple relapses that she's had, with this experience with the overdose, we as as admirers, as fans, as whatever you want to call us, we should be the empathetic ones and understand, okay, she's Demi, but she's also Demetria, which is her real name, you know? Mm -hmm. She's a person. There's a human right there. There's a person who's longing for that help, longing for that release, longing for that recovery, longing for that empathy from others of, okay, we know you're struggling. How can how can we get you help? How can we help you pull through just like you've helped us pull through with your music, with your example, you know? I think we forget that and I completely agree with you. Yeah, I and okay, let's let's push back Demi, Justin Bieber, um, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, Britney Spears. I mean, there's so many um, famous people who we've heard from our generation. Mind you, those are just people from our generation. Mm -hmm. The previous generation, you know, the pressure we put on these these movie stars, these singers, these bands, it's ridiculous because. I, you know, when she released the song, was it Sober? I think it was Sober. Yes. So when she released the song Sober, I remember people laughing like, oh my gosh, like why would you make a song about Sober? And like, oh, here she goes again. She relapsed and blah, blah, blah. And in my mind, I was thinking, do you even know what battle she's going through? Because all we know is the album she just released. All we know is that she's on world tour right now. Um, that friend that she was the day or the night she OD'd remember she was at a birthday party mm -hmm. that friend was shredded to pieces on social media why because she it turned out to be her birthday party that this all happened at it wasn't her fault she waited for those people to leave she called her dealer and the dealer gave her whatever that she took fentanyl mm -hmm. why is it that friend's fault how quickly we as fans point fingers and be like oh it was her that friend's fault had she not had her birthday bash demi would have never od'd oh absolutely not D there would have been an od i guarantee it she was already struggling in the background she was already keep in mind too demi is not only a singer she's an actress mm -hmm. and we heard it too from her friend's mouths on the documentary if anybody can hide how they're truly feeling, if anybody can mask behind a fake smile how they're truly feeling, it's Demi. She knows how to keep it from us. She knows how to make us think that everything's just running smooth and everything is 
uh, peaches and cream and tastes like strawberries and life is good. When in the back, when in the background and deep down, she's she's messed up. She has something that she is dealing with, but she's not telling no one. So I completely agree that it it was no one's fault. It's something she's struggling through. And like you said, instead of taking our claws and just shredding apart everybody and anybody in the world that was around her, it's okay. Now let's not worry about that. Sh she's alive by the grace of God, literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, how can we treat her? How can we help her? What is it that she's really going through? Because we don't want this to happen again and end up in a very, very real um, disaster. End up in a, in a very true loss. Because if you hear the lyrics to her song, too, of Dancing with the Devil, she talks about, like, how close she was to, to leaving this earth. Her mm -hmm. lyrics say, I can't remember exactly the, the portion of the song, but... You know, it just stuck so much in my mind saying, like, you don't understand how close I was to death. Like, this yeah. was no joke. When they found her, she was already blue and purple. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> no, and, but again, it goes back to compassion. We've talked about this in every episode so far, and we're going to talk about this in every episode in the future, is the compassion. And I feel like, even though, you know, she, she made it alive, she's... I mean, she's still performing. She performed, what, like, weeks after coming out of the hospital. She's writing music. She's on movies and all that. The fans are just ruthless. And people are ruthless. Like, the mental health community. Like, shame on you all for, like, blasting her. Because we know. We watch our patients struggle. We deal with, you know, okay, it's okay. Today's a bad day, but tomorrow's going to be a better day. And just how I saw people working in the field saying, well, that's not okay. She's just making excuses. No, 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 no. She's not making excuses. She's dealing with harm reduction because she's got a lot of demons to deal with before she can focus on her sobriety. And I commend her for for doing all that work and dealing with that pressure because I, I would not be able to do that. Being a poster child for something I didn't even sign up for. Tell me what you think about this, Desi girl, but now that you're saying this, like I can kind of see the connection on from last week's episode where we discussed uh, male mental health. Do you see a connection here with celebrity or famous people, people in the limelight's mental health? You know how how society, um, how we were talking in our press episode about how society just set these standards for men on how they have to be tough, they have to be the mm. macho, they have to be the the rock that everybody and everybody um, relies on and leans on. I feel that that same pressure, that same um, that same expectation is placed on these people who just chose a job that's just in the limelight that's behind the camera or behind the microphone you know and i just like i don't agree with the pressures that we put on our men i completely don't agree with the pressures that are put on celebrities either i mean i see i see a pattern here i see how a lot of the mental illnesses are kind of either triggered or fed by the the standards those so meaning meaningless standards that we just place just cause just because we can Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. I see that parallel between the male mental health and celebrity mental health. But again, like we talked about last week, it's a bigger cycle that we need to deal with and identify what's, what, what is it? What can we do? I think 
the law like they passed a law a while back about um celebrity children not being photographer photographed or whatever due to privacy reasons i think that was a great first step because you know if you watch the britney spears documentary she talks about that that she had her son she didn't even put him in the child's seat she had her son on the lap to get out of mcdonald's because she was being harassed by the paparazzis mm, yeah i i think we need to normalize that these people are human beings just like you and me and they're going through their little struggles and they, they may or may not share it you know there's reality shows like vanderpump rules Shaws and Sunset, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, all those, they show mental health. You know, um, I don't know if you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but Scott, Scott Disick has gone through rehab several times. I feel like it's every season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't, I mean, obviously I hear about it. You know, who doesn't know about the Kardashians, right? But right. I, I actually don't keep up with the series itself. I just kind of read what, what the tabloids kind of put out so to speak. Oh yeah, I mean, and they present it pretty accurately, but something that I saw on the show, because I used to watch the show, you see how Scott struggles with substance use. He loses his parents back to back, literally, like months apart. Oh jeez. He's an only child, so his only family is Courtney and his kids and the Kardashians, essentially, and the Jenners. And from the professional standpoint, you see it. You see that substance use and why, why it's manifesting. And the way that the Kardashians dealt with it, I thought was just so inappropriate. I just, like, look, the man is suffering. Instead of sitting here and saying, like, oh, like, get out of my house, stay away from my kids. Like, why don't we, as a family, come down and sit down and deal with it? And say, hey, maybe we need to come off the show. Or maybe we need to do this. That was what really made me mad. And that's what turned me off from the show, was how that family dealt with his addiction. They made it seem like he was the bad guy, and in actuality, he had a serious illness that was not being dealt with adequately. Or how about we just keep the show, but make sure that when we're not filming, we make his mental health a priority and we get him help. We push him there to therapy and get him to talk to somebody, and we're all there as his support system. Again, I don't watch the show, but from what you're telling me, it's triggering me too. Yeah. That, that show is something that I use with my patients. I, it was used heavily in grad school. That the way that they handle it is, is so detrimental. And Britney Spears, I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but Britney Spears is actually going to speak in court for her conservatorship, which I, I'm very proud of. I read on that. Yes, I heard that. If I'm not mistaken, she's already been granted permission by the judge. And she's speaking, is it in June? I think it's I on think so. Like June 23rd, I think it is when she has her hearing or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but if you watch the documentary, you see her mental illness manifest from, you know, a Southern girl who comes from a very sheltered background to a whole hot mess express when she's married to Kevin and she's pregnant and the paparazzis are after her and she's getting labeled this and that whole Justin Bieber chant or just not just was it Ju Justin Timberlake sorry Justin Timberlake yes yeah scandal <laughs> I mean one thing after another and she she had a, a break she literally walked into her barbershop and shaved her head and said all right we're done I remember that wasn't that in 08 yeah we just I graduated high school I remember yes that. I was like what the <laughs> that was on tabloids mm. everywhere 
Oh my god, I remember like, yeah, we had just graduated high school and I was taking Psych 101 and it was like a huge thing. They're like, just like Britney Spears? Oh my god. (laughs) I mean, going back to the topic of substance abuse, I think substance abuse is, it, it has such a bad name in society and I just don't get why. Because it's an illness like anything else and medical professionals are trained to treat substance abuse. So why does it have such a bad name? Uh, It's all the society standards. It's, oh, if this person is drinking, how are they representing their family? How are they representing their last name? This person is no good. This person is weak. This person can't provide for themselves. This person, I don't know. It's, It's very unfortunate that as an illness, as you've expressed before, we don't have these types of stigmas. It all goes back to substance abuse, mental health stigmas, everything that society has created just because we don't have these type of stigmas with thyroid issues. We don't have these type of stigmas with, you know, uh, diabetes or whatever, or high cholesterol. But if you're a drinker or if you have drug problems and oh no 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 you it's a shame shame on you and not only that but shame shame on your family you know i can't really explain why but that's that's just how society has programmed us to react to those type of situations instead of programming us to think okay yes this person is struggling and you can see it through their substance abuse Let's go behind the scenes. Let's go debunk the reason why it is that they are going to drugs, to alcohol as their outlet. We haven't been taught to rationalize and to try and to try and uh, kind of like uh, de-escalate this situation and help them out. We've just been taught to judge immediately. Yeah, and. But, I mean, I know I ask these difficult questions that we don't have an answer to, but... Yes, good questions, but difficult questions. <laughs> but it's it's so interesting to me because, like you said, nobody judges if someone has thyroid or diabetes or cholesterol problems, but we are so quick to judge if someone has depression, anxiety, substance abuse, addiction. And, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic, and... The sales of alcohol had increased immensely. I forget the numbers. But during the time that we were all working from home, people were drinking more, smoking more, you know, whatever you do, however you get your drugs, people were using more. Sales were up. Without a doubt. So you don't think from when the pandemic is over that we're going to have a heck of a lot more people with substance use problems? Oh, that's not even a question i think it's gonna double or triple if not more that than that oh hell yeah (laughs) and because you know i was just watching the news today and people are going back to work now and so many people are hesitant resistant toward it and you know they use the excuse of oh well covid is still here and you know whatever but a lot of people are saying look i drink every morning i get up i have three or four shots and then I go on my zoom calls I do this and I do that you can see the addiction formulating and we're gonna have a huge mental health pandemic and we've talked about this in earlier episodes Mm -hmm. we may be done with the COVID pandemic but there's a mental health one that's right on the horizon 
that's about to happen and when that does happen the world is going to look very different people are going to look very different and how we look at mental illness and substance abuse will be very different completely agree i think the aftermath of all this in terms of the new mental health um diagnoses or you know the worsening diagnosis too plus the same thing with the substance abuse whether it be new substance abuse cases or worsening substance abuse cases you got to be prepared for it i hate to put this on you desi girl but unfortunately it's going to be your industry that's going to be the most impacted and the most um that's going to have to deal with all the repercussions of that and i i think not only what you said that it's going to come after covid i think it's going to be back to back like i i don't think there's going to be a a break period there i think it's we're just going to slowly start seeing these cases just pop up right away covid's going to be over and then mental health workers social workers so sorry girl to throw it at you again but <laughs> Get ready for it, because it's, it's a coming, it's a brewing. <laughs> oh no, I mean, that, that's what we're trying to recruit people. If you're in the, you know, the fence of what should I do, be when I grow up, become a social worker, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a family therapist. They're Work all fantastic. Huh? Work in mental health. <laughs> Work in mental health, yep. <laughs> we are in need. This is the new it job. Um, I'm looking at stats right now. So in 2020, there were 73% increase of overdoses with synthetic opioids. Good lord. So, and then alcohol had alcohol sales increased by 106%. No surprise there. I was like, look at that. So yeah, substance abuse, it, it's on the horizon. It's been there, that's the thing. Substance use has always been there and I think people are very quick to say, oh, that person, they're homeless, so they must be on drugs. I, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's like those city pages on Facebook and I always see mm-hmm. these homeless pe- people and they're like, oh, well, don't give them money because they're just going to go and get alcohol or they're going to go buy drugs. And I'm like, how do you even know that? Like, do you follow this person and say, oh, see, look, they went to the liquor store or look, they went to their, um, person, forgot the name, um, dealer, their dealer. Their dealer, yeah. Yeah, you don't know where they go with that money. Um, you know, when I see homeless people, I, I give them a two-on-one number card and I'm like, hey, call them, they'll get you the resources that you need. And most of the time, they're very appreciative. They're like, cool. I'll call them. And, you know, I've had some that are very angry and they're like, you know, F you, leave me alone. And I'll be like, all right, cool. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck to you. Yeah, right. I mean, I had a friend in grad school. She would go and buy food for homeless people. Like, she would see a homeless person. She would just go to the closest fast food place and get them food and be like, here you go. And she told me majority of the time they would take their food, but then they would ask for cash. And she'd be like, why do you need money? I just gave you food. And they'd be like, oh, I need to buy alcohol. So they're honest. Like the homeless community, if you ask them, hey, are you dealing with substance use? They'll probably tell you yes. But the fact that we assume that you're homeless and that's because you're using drugs, that's not okay. You know, when I see that mentality is not only here, unfortunately. Um, I remember going to Santa Monica 
with my cousin who came from Colombia. I went with her and her husband over there to like the boardwalk and you know, like the beach area and everything. I found a homeless gentleman mm-hmm. and I just felt it in my heart. I said, you know what, I'm gonna get him something. I don't care if it's like a latte, maybe a bagel. I think that's actually what I got him. I think I got him a latte and a bagel. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna do this from the kindness of my heart. And when I went back to my cousin, she says, are you sure he's gonna take that? Like, are you sure you wanna do that? Like, you don't know, he's probably under the influence and this and that. And I just said, I was thinking in my head, like, how do you not know that he's dealing, not only with that, but with something deeper? Like, you don't know the reason why he's on the streets. There's a lot of people because of mental illnesses that can't keep a job that do lose their family members due to the stigma potentially you know there's a lot of factors just in a lot of the converse like a lot of the conversations that we have you don't know why this person is in the situation that they're in but again as human beings we love it judging is like our main thing and our favorite thing to do it's like our favorite pastime it's always pointing fingers it's always we know everything about that person's life (laughs) yes we we love to fill in the blanks the blanks that we don't first the blanks that don't even belong to us and second blanks that we don't even know how to fill in yep i mean i i see it all the time i see people filling in blanks all the time they'd be like oh i saw so and so on instagram you know partying it up and like "Mm, sure about that sure wasn't an old picture (laughs) Hmm. i just (laughs) yes people stop filling blanks let's 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 cancel the salty culture this is our new movement Hashtag cancel salty culture. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna put that now on, on my social media. I'm gonna join you on that, Desi Bell. Yes, please do. We're gonna rock some sweatshirts and t-shirts too with this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, substance abuse—it's such a such an important um, problem in the world, and we need to we need to focus on it. We need to accept it. We need to acknowledge it. We need to work on making it better stop judging stop assuming things stop filling in blanks um famous people are human beings too that have feelings and emotions and have their own little issues that we don't get to see on tv shows or whatever else is going on and most importantly if you are dealing with substance abuse or any form of um i forgot the word but any form of substance use, we'll leave it at that. The SAMHSA National Hotline gives you um, treatment centers around where you live. So the phone number is 1-800-662-4357. It's 1-800-662-4357. And that's the SAMHSA. So if you go on samhsa.gov, they have a link in the on the bottom that says like treatment centers near you and you literally can just type in your zip code and it has it lists all the treatment facilities around you so if you know someone if you personally are dealing with substance abuse problems and want to seek help there's resources available to you and they're open 24 7 365 days of the year as well so if you call the hotline at two o'clock in the morning on christmas day they'll be there to help you this is why our audience loves you, Desi Girl. This is why I love you. You lend a hand. You teach us where to get help. Teach us these resources. I absolutely love it. You got it there, Warriors, straight from the social worker herself. 
please reach out to SAMHSA if you or a loved one are struggling. You got the number. I will also make sure to go ahead and provide it in our description box when I go ahead and post this episode so that you guys can find it um, just in case if you miss it during our conversation. And, you know, I, I end this episode on my end by saying that I completely agree substance abuse is something that needs to be taken seriously. It needs to be treated with empathy. It needs to be treated correctly. And just people have a heart. You don't know. Everybody's fighting their own struggles. Everybody has their own demons. The whole pointing finger things has obviously not been working well for for mankind. So how about we stop doing that? How about we be a part of the solution and not of the problem? Just saying. Absolutely. All right. So I think this is where we're going to go ahead and end our conversation today. However... Desi girl, I know there are some listeners out there that would like to reach out to us, whether it be through social media, whether it be through email, through our website. Girl, please give them the information and please let them know how it is that they can hit you and me up online. So, yes. So we have a Facebook, an Instagram, and a Twitter, and it's at Mental Diaries 2. We also have a blog, which is mentalhealthdiaries.net, and that's where we have all of our posts, our Meet With Us Mondays, where Lady DMC does her audio clips in Spanish or Espanol. In Espanol, people. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Talk With Us Tuesdays, which is our podcast. Then we have Warrior Wednesday, where Lady DMC and I talk about mental topics. Right now, we're talking about um, mental health awareness month so we've been talking about mental health and what's been going on in the community we are participating in the nami walk which is on may 22nd we'd hope to see all of you there or if you'd like to join our team just go on the nami website and type in mental diaries and that is our team um we have fundamental fridays which is where lady dmc and i write more about mental health and that's also where our topics for our podcast come from We have Saturday is Social Work Corner Day, and there we have resources. We try to do national resources, but um, so far we've had U.S.-based resources. So for those Mm -hmm. of our international warriors, we are trying to find resources that are nationwide. Um, But for right now, we only have U.S.-based ones. Um, But I believe SAMHSA is actually worldwide. So try it out if any warrior tries it out that doesn't live in the united states and it works let us know so we know (laughs) um and we have our new segment which is sunday self-care sunday and that's when lady dmc and i are now going to hold not each other accountable but all of you accountable for some self-care so every sunday we want you guys to do at least one hour of self-care activities and i know that's a lot to ask but self-care is so important and we'll talk about self-care in a later podcast but that's all we have um lady dmc anything i forgot um no i think you hit all the points that we needed to hit for our listeners so i very much appreciate that as well desi girl thank you for and giving out those other means of uh, communication with us from from listeners from audience to us now my lovelies i think we will go ahead and officially end it here Please don't be saddened. We will be back with you guys 
next week for another Talk With Us Tuesdays. Till then, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye. We thank you for tuning into this episode. Please don't forget to comment and subscribe to the Mental Diaries podcast.